This is episode 58, Making Major Life Choices with Jenny. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Over It and On With It. Thank you so much for listening. And just a reminder and a request, it means so much to me and the show when you head over to iTunes and give the show a rating and review. It's super simple. You just click on the number of stars. It takes a second. And if you have a little more time, you can leave a review. So just search Over It and On With It podcast in iTunes and you'll find it there. So this episode is juicy. I'm going to be covering everything from Trump and Hillary, yes, I'm going to go there, to biological clocks. So get ready. But first, I want to say that today when this podcast goes up, October 19th, is the last day to register for my Over It and On With It personal mastery course. You've heard me talk about it a bunch because I'm so super psyched about it. It's so comprehensive. So much of my heart and soul is in this. All my best tools, the practical stuff, the spiritual stuff, access to me, meditations, videos, group coaching calls. It's going to be off the hook. And I hope that you got your spot. We have payment plans. Remember your investment in yourself is the best investment you're ever going to make. I consistently invest in my own personal growth. So If you resonate with this work, if you resonate with me, do not miss this opportunity. I don't know if I'm doing it again. If I do do it again, it will be at least another year. And this is also probably the introductory price. So if you want in, get in now, christinehasler.com slash mastery. If you have any questions whatsoever, email jill at christinehasler.com and she will get back to you ASAP. Again, christinehasler.com slash mastery. All right. So I wanted to start today's show off by addressing something that I really have avoided talking about, but I heard something recently that was so reassuring and resonated so strongly with me that I wanted to share it. So hang with me for a moment as I speak about the current political climate and election we're experiencing here in the States. I know I've got listeners all over the world, but you probably know what's going on in our presidential election. And I promise this is not a political rant. So you know if you've listened that I was out of the country for a month, and honestly, it was kind of nice to be out of this whole Trump-Hillary conversation. And the day I came back, one of the debates was on, and so I decided, all right, I'm not going to be an ostrich and put my head in the sand. I'm going to pay attention to what's going on. So I went to a debate-watching party, and a group that I'm part of called Gen Next was hosting it, and there are a lot of smart people there that are actually have a lot of experience in the political arena. And we watched the debates and they were what they were. But afterwards, someone who is very, very experienced in politics and has worked for different presidents and has spent time with the Clintons and Trump and really kind of knows his stuff said, look, things aren't that great. This isn't ideal. But what I think is going to happen is that things have to get a little bad before they get better. And what the current political climate is doing is it's inspiring more people to get involved and will inspire a really awesome set of candidates in the next four years. And when it comes to situations like this, we've got to decide 
what frequency we're going to tune into. Either we're going to tune into getting really involved in the character assassinations and the gossip and this and that and feed the fear and feed the negativity, or we can just completely tune it out, or we can tune in to a belief and a frequency that is of higher vibe. And when he said that, I really got it because I see this with personal growth. Sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they wake up. And maybe that's sort of what's happening. Not that we're necessarily hitting rock bottom, but we're in a situation that none of us are super psyched about. (laughs) There's a bit of an expectation hangover happening. But what if in four years we have the most awesome, incredible candidates running? And what if in the next four years, this inspires people to get really, really, really involved? And we are just waking up as a country and as a political climate. So what I'm holding this as is a wake-up call. And for my fellow Americans out there, if you've gotten a little caught up in the negativity, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to be mindful about how your thoughts and conversations are either contributing to the negativity or helping to vibe out of it. So consider these choices that I've alluded to before. One, stop talking about it completely. It's kind of like gossip. Don't invest your energy into this conversation. Invest your energy in other ways. And if you are talking about it, feed it with some positive energy. What's the good in this? And in your meditations, in your spiritual practices, well, whatever those are, even when you're on a walk in nature, send whoever's going to be our next president as much light for their highest good as possible. Okay, so now let's shift gears to today's episode. Our caller, Jenny, is struggling with a major life choice. And the life choice she's asking about is whether or not she wants to have kids. And whether you relate to that particular choice or not, listen up, because what this is really about is authenticity and honoring our truth, as well as looking at why clarity is often fuzzy until we clean up some old beliefs and patterns from our past. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you feeling the pressure of a biological clock? Whether you're a man or a woman, we both have them. Are you struggling with a big life choice? Perhaps the choice of whether or not to have kids. In dating or any relationship, do you ever struggle with authenticity? So be sure to listen to my recap at the end when I speak a bit more specifically to the question, are you sure it's a baby you want? And now let's listen in to my coaching session with Jenny. Hi, Jenny. It's Christine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello there. How can I help you? Well, um, my question mainly uh, revolves around children. Um, so I am 32 years old, I'm single, out in the dating scene, and I just feel like sort of that phase in life where it comes up pretty early on in the game, whether the person I'm on a date with wants children or not. And for me personally, I, I really feel like I'm on the fence. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, when I meet someone who I initially think is wonderful, but they're very much like, well, I know for sure I want children, would it make sense to kind of just say, you know what, this is just to sort of stop it right there or to go further because it has been a sticking point Mm -hmm. both ways in previous relationships. So I've just had to navigate that because I don't want to cut myself out until I'm positive, but sometimes I feel like I have to sort of get to know somebody before I even really get that sense because I am still a maybe. 
Right, right. So let, let's talk about, let's take the dating out of it and talk about the, sure. the do you want children or do you not want children? Because usually things like that are, are a hell yes or hell no, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and when, there's, when it's a maybe, a lot of times it's because, you know, maybe we're not completely being honest with ourselves or, mm. or, or we're not yet at the point in our life where we can really choose. You know, a lot of things, I think what's really interesting about the whole biological clock is that for a lot of women, especially in our early 30s, that's when things are really kicking into gear. Like our careers are taken off, we're feeling confident for the first time in our life a lot of times. Uh, we, we just are enjoying our friendships more. We have the money to travel. And so it's kind of interesting that that's also the time when we're encouraged by society to have children. So... I'm wondering if part of the reason it's a maybe is because you're just not at the point yet where you feel like you can really make the choice. Is that accurate? Yes, actually, that is very accurate. I have, as you would say, leveled up in my life, um, Mm -hmm. both career, both socially and spiritually. And I wonder if because I'm not a hell yes or hell no, it's, it's tough because the men that I'm dating, I feel like it's I'm being asked that question, and even though I'm not, I don't have a hell yes to hell no, I'm mm-hmm. sort of at this point where I'm not sure how to navigate that. Yeah. Um, oh, you're right. You said, you said take the dating out. But yeah, you're right. I am at that point where I'm just not ready. I don't see having a child as leveling up at this point in my life. But then again, I do know I wasn't given a very positive uh, role of mm-hmm. motherhood growing up. So I often wonder how much of this is something that I'm working on spiritually mm-hmm. and how that would come into play a few years down the line. But also I do really feel like I don't have a huge biological clock in the sense that if I were to be 40, I would be perfectly happy with adopting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I know for some people that's a hell no. And mm-hmm. I have not met many people who are hell yes for adoption mm-hmm. unless they've already tried and have been married. So I know this is a lot of information at once, but that's kind of, you know, I, I don't feel as much biological clock pressure, but I just feel like I'm being asked to make that decision right. right now, just sort of where I am in terms of, I really, I do have a heart for, I really do want to be married. Yes. You know, I see that as leveling up as part of my life, but I don't see hell yes or hell no for children. But I feel like that's a key question people have to mm-hmm. answer before they even get to the road of marriage, mm-hmm. you know? Well, let's let's take this one step at a time because you're very insightful, Jenny, with all the things that you're saying. So let's go back to the motherhood thing in terms of your own mother because, like you said, you want to make sure that your choice isn't influenced by, you know, the upbringing you had. So my encouragement would be to do the healing work you really need to do around that so that you can be clear that's not impacting your choice. You know, it's like you don't want to be intoxicated by past experience in terms of making this decision, right? And if you if you did make a vow or a commitment at a young age that, you know, I will never do this to my kids, that could be misinterpreted as, well, I don't want kids, you know? And a lot of times we can develop a sense of mistrust in even ourselves if we don't have that positive role model. Now, that's not to say that that that's the reason why you're ambivalent. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to just look at this mother thing a little bit. So from your point of view, and, and we know this isn't about blame, your mother did the best she could, but what was missing that you wish you would have had from your mom? Mm, I really feel like what was missing was 
and this is going to, I don't know if this, I know this will make sense to you, but I don't feel like my mom was a conscious parent. Mm-hmm. I think um, she got married really young. She had me very young, but that's not to say as an either consciousness, but I feel like it was just kind of what was expected of her mm-hmm. and what happened as opposed to a conscious choice. And I feel like in many ways, motherhood, she really either just because they were immigrants and have a lot of money, she kind of stunted both her dreams and hopes and maybe even her emotional and spiritual development. And, I, and it kind of lay in stagnancy while we were growing up. Mm. And, and, and I think I, I'm, I'm such a big person on like development and, and going after your dreams. And like, I've gone through this spiritual awakening that I, I am a bit nervous that motherhood, I, I, I have not personally seen it where, you can kind of do both because all my friends tell me you have to put yourself on the back burner, but it's unconditional love. But it's, I, I just, you're right. I don't have a mistrust. I have, I just do have some mistrust of motherhood in general because I've heard so many different opinions. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I do have a mistrust of myself of repeating, right. even though I've done all this work of repeating the same role that she had, even though I am 32 and she had me when she was 20, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, a couple things to that. First, I would highly encourage you to stop looking at other people, you know, in terms of making your decision, either, you know, what other people are telling you or what you've seen other people do and really focus on what's true for you. And your awareness around this is amazing. Like you're, you're really aware of how this is all operating inside of you. And it sounds to me like there's a misunderstanding that you have to choose that you have to choose between motherhood and, you know, your soul evolution and purpose and all of that type of thing. And what, what I offer to you is, is motherhood could be part of that. You know, it could be part of your awakening. It doesn't have to be a deterrent. And there are lots of ways to mother. And I personally know a lot of people who mother and still have an incredible personal and professional and spiritual path, I think it comes down to what's underneath the choice to become a mother. I've had some very honest conversations with mothers and one of them told me, you know, being a mother is one of the most selfish things I've ever done. And I said, huh, most people say it's selfless. And she goes, no, it's selfish because I have this being that loves me unconditionally, no matter what. And and she's, she said, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was, you know, I didn't really love myself so much. And I had a kid and all of a sudden there was this thing to love me and it was easy to lose myself in that because that became my source of love. So I think that conscious parenting starts with really being a mother to yourself first and really finding that place of self-love and self-trust and self-acceptance and unconditional love and compassion for yourself And the more you trust yourself to mother yourself in a loving and encouraging way, the more not only will you trust yourself to make this choice from a conscious place, but you'll also trust yourself not to lose yourself if a child comes along. Because I think why that happens is because, you know, it's hard for any of us to develop a real sure sense of self. And it's easy to kind of get lost in the love of a child or even romantic relationship and let that become our source of love. Is this making sense to you? Yes, it absolutely does. Because I realize now with what you're saying is I'm asking to get the answer to a question that I have not fully, I'm asking for the answer to question 10 when I haven't answered question one, which yes. is, do I, do I fully believe in unconditional love to myself? And mm-hmm. if I were to be honest, 
no, mm-hmm. not yet. I'm, I'm working on it, but mm-hmm. not yet. And, and what, what I'm hearing is that if I were to, to really fully step into that, then the answer of, oh, who should I date and, and, mm-hmm. and do I want to be a mother would come naturally. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You know, and it's what I would encourage you to do is uh, try out motherhood on yourself. You know, what would it be like to really unconditionally love yourself? And we all, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving. We're all a work in progress. And um, I've gotten so much better at mothering myself and coming to a place of self-love. But there are times when I judge myself and I'm hard on myself, but it's I bring myself back with compassion. So how can you really invest in your relationship with yourself and become that, that bring that mother archetype into your relationship with yourself? Because, you know, I can tell – in knowing you and speaking with you, that you're highly intelligent and often highly intelligent people are hard on themselves, you know, and motivate themselves by being hard on themselves. So how can you look at, you know, really how are you mothering yourself and how can you become a better mother to yourself so that like, first of all, you know, you're capable and second, you know, you're not making the choice from a childhood reaction to what you didn't receive from your own mother. Hmm. And that you know, very well. Well, and there's, there's, you know, lots of ways to mother. Um, people ask me frequently if I want kids and, and the answer is, I don't know. It really depends on who I end up with and a lot of other things. And the truth is, I feel like I do mother, you know, my relationship with myself and then with all the people that I work with and mothering has many different forms. The essence of mothering is like we've talked about nurturing, compassion, encouragement, gentleness, softness, unconditional love, tenderness, all those things. And the forms I do that in just are different than having a child of my own. So I would really bring forward that mother archetype within you, Jenny, like really bring her forward and let yourself experience that. And when it comes to dating, my encouragement to you would be just be honest. When you're asked the question, say, I really don't know. I'll give you my answer and you're welcome to use it. Um, yes. My my answer is I don't know. What I am committed to is having an amazing partnership with someone and then making that decision together with him. That is exactly what I say. And, Perfect. <laughs> and and I, I really do feel that way too. I, I feel like I'm a mother in, in so many ways just towards my friends, my, my spiritual girlfriends and co- you know, I feel like I... I have this urge to just, I, I love children when I see them on the street and I interact with them and, you know, my friend's kid, but I, I just don't see it just being on one person. Yeah. But that sounds weird. No, it, it, not at I, all. I feel like, I feel like I love just, you know, I feel like I see mothering as like sort of in the moment with many different people and it kind of makes me feel like interesting. Well, I, I want to spread this. I don't I want to spread my gifts with many people and I see myself more in like a fostering or a, you know and but sometimes when I give the I don't know I want to find a great partner which is absolutely where I'm at too but I don't I sometimes I feel like some people want certainty but they're like well I know I'm certain I want kids and they'll say well I don't because this is the thinking post my last ex-boyfriend where he started out saying I want to find a great partner but then he a few months later, I was like, you know what? I really, really, it's it's a deal breaker. So, would, would you say that those people just are not for me, or is sort of my dating and sort of related to the whole 
children question of I'm asking for the answer to question 10, but I'm still on question two. Well, again, like I think it's a combination of both. And I'd also really trust your intuition. You know, I think first of all, the world's overpopulated anyway. And uh, like I said, there's so many ways to mother and how beautiful that you're open to fostering and adopting. I mean, there's so many children in the world who, who need that. And if that's what your soul is calling you towards, then I just encourage you to listen to that and not put any pressure on yourself to decide, especially regarding pressure from, from another person. Um, and you know, the kid thing is a big deal breaker for a lot of people. Some people are just super clear and that's what they want and they want it at a certain age. And we, we have to respect their journey as much as we respect our own, you know? So if right now you're unsure, then it doesn't, it sounds like it's a deal breaker for you. It's not so much just a deal breaker for them. It's, it's a deal breaker for you because, I, I feel like you're approaching this decision with a lot of integrity and like and a willingness to look at question number one, two, three before getting to question number ten. And I just support you, Jenny, in taking your time with that. Thank you, thank you. That that really means a lot, and I really do feel the same way in many ways about how I love the world and how I feel like I could I could really love any child. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be my own. It doesn't have to be by a certain age. And if I'm with a great partner and the couple on us over, then I just see mothering the world, whether it be one child or, or, you know, just helping out at big brothers and sisters as mm-hmm. just a way to give back. I, I don't see it so in one way, but you're right. I was kind of looking at it like, oh, putting the power in somebody else by saying, well, oh, you want children? Oh, shoot. And I feel a little bit of guilt and shame around this. Right. As opposed to just saying, this is my journey and I, I have to respect my journey. Yep. You know? Yep. Yep. You, you have to mother, the, the more you mother yourself first, the better mother you will be in whatever form that takes. Thank you. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. And I would do a little work just in closing here. I would do a little work on forgiving misunderstandings that you bought into as a child. Like I would write out the misunderstandings like, you know, I can't have um, a career and be a mom or I can't have a personal growth path or, or whatever those misunderstandings are that, mm-hmm. that even if consciously you don't believe still are kind of in there, you know, at a, at a yeah. more unconscious level and really look at those and, and re re forgive yourself for buying into them and sort of rewrite your new promises to yourself. Because part of what eases parts of us when we're concerned about something or trying to sort something out is making new agreements with ourselves. So, you know, agreements about being honest with people you're dating, agreements about not rushing into anything, whatever agreements you need to make with yourself to feel like you are mothering yourself and taking care of yourself would be a really good idea. Is it okay if while I'm doing that, sometimes I make an agreement, but I know I... I'm not sure if I can do it just yet. Is it okay to sort of repeat it every day, not in a loving way to say, remember the main agreement? Is it like, do we have to believe in the full power of that agreement the minute we write it? Like I've done the, I forgive myself for judging myself, but I know deep down it's not quite at the root yet, but it's a start. If it's not quite at the root, you haven't quite found the judgment that needs to be unlocked. I so see. I would keep I would keep writing, I would keep investigating, and I would really bring this into your spiritual practice. You know, you okay. you have a spiritual practice you said you mentioned and you know, bring go to your knees, your meditation pillow, whatever it is, and ask, 
No, ask. Just be like, I feel stuck. Show me the way. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So moving forward, just what are some of the agreements you're going to make to yourself? Moving forward, I want to make an agreement. I will make an agreement to myself to really have compassion for sort of my journey. And it's kind of difficult to say because I don't think I have had compassion in a while. I think I've sort of put the power on somebody else. Yeah. Like saying, well, well, they want kids. So does that mean, and, and putting pressure on myself and just having compassion and not judging and saying, Jenny, what's wrong? Why don't you want children? And mm-hmm. I just, I, I know there's a lot of fear and anxiety around that. And an agreement I want to make is to have integrity with myself. I, I tried this scripture practice where you say out loud, I make the commitment to be authentic in all parts of my life. And I couldn't even say that without my voice shaking. So mm-hmm. I knew there's there's some levels of judgment or fear or blame that's sort of blocking me. And I know that's so that's an area I want to explore well with that one it might not have been that I mean to say what what did you say you said I make the promise to be authentic in all areas of my life yeah so so you might part of what might scare you about that one is your definition of authentic because part of you might have believed that you have to be like so real and open with like everyone in your life and so authenticity um well let me ask you this what's your definition of authenticity it's interesting you ask. Yes, I, I thought it meant being real and open with everyone I meet because I, I feel like at work I got really great feedback. I feel like you really speak your mind and you give great opinions. And in all areas of my life, I feel free to express who I am and what I think, and I feel confident in it, even if I know it's not right. I'm I'm okay with living in the gray area, mm-hmm. but I feel like. So to me, authenticity means I know my truth and I'm not afraid to mm-hmm. express that in, in different areas of my life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it is, it's like a confidence, it's an expression, it's a knowing, it's a mm-hmm. combination of those three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and would you agree that there are certain times in life with certain people or certain situations where it's... It's, it's not about being not authentic, but we don't want to be as open and as vulnerable as we would be in other aspects of life with other people. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. There are some people that trust-wise it needs to be built or just not in the right context or they're not ready to hear it. Right, right, right. So maybe you could rephrase that in I'm committed to being authentic in my life in the areas that feel supportive and safe to me. I feel supportive and and safe. safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. So when you say it that way, how does your body feel? It feels more empowered. Yeah. Because then, then I check in. I say, wait a yes. minute. Does this does this situation serve me? Okay. Like, is the door open for me to walk through and be authentic, or if it's already closed, I'm not going to bang it down just for the sake of being. Open. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So sometimes it's a matter of languaging and getting really clear about what the promise or commitment we're making to ourselves. And sometimes it is a deeper issue. On that one, it felt like to me, there was something that was scaring you about the pressure to be like raw and open and real and like every aspect of your life. When sometimes it's just, you know, it's just not appropriate. 
That, that's true. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of that pressure. Like, oh, no, now every person I go on a date with, I have exactly. to be like, whoa, my childhood. And- exactly. Exactly. It was like I have to air all my dirty laundry and just be just just a raw, open, you know, whatever to everyone. And, that, and you don't. And you don't. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So work with this, work with the the promises, work with the misunderstandings and check in with me and let me know how you're doing. Okay. That sounds okay. wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Any other questions? Mm, no, not at the moment. This okay. is really insightful. Really awesome. Insightful. Awesome. Thank you. Much light to you. And I just support you and encourage you in being that loving mother to yourself. Thank you so much, Christine. I acknowledge Jenny for bringing this question forward and having the courage to really investigate what's true for her. I'll break down the call in a moment, but first, I want to ask any of you out there that are feeling a big, huge yearning for a child or to have a baby, I want to ask you this question. Are you sure it's a baby you want? So here's something that I've noticed. All of us, especially us women, feel a desire to create to give birth to things, to experience unconditional love, to nurture, to be needed. And sometimes we project that on external things. And I've seen a lot of situations with a lot of women who say, I really want a baby. I really want a baby. But what they really want first and foremost is to love themselves. They want unconditional love. Or, or and or, they really want to be creative. They want to give birth to something. They want to feel like they have a purpose. And sometimes we think the baby's going to do that for us. But maybe before we have the baby or sometimes instead of the baby, it really is moving into that place of unconditional love for ourselves, giving birth to things, creating things, nurturing and mothering ourselves and the world, perhaps in another form. Because what we don't want to do is have a child and expect that child to fulfill our own voids, to make up for all the places we don't love ourselves, to make up for all the places where we feel like we're not wanted, to give us that unconditional love that we're not giving ourselves. We want to be as clear as we possibly can when we bring a child into the world and not project any of sort of our emotional wounds onto that child. Now, of course, we don't have to be perfect before we're parents, but I just say this because I invite you to consider What are you really, really yearning for? Okay, so let's go through a few things on this call. When we don't have 100% clarity about a decision, there are a few reasons why that happens. First of all, we're just not at the point where we can make the decision. We just don't have enough experience. We don't have enough information. I loved how Jenny said, I'm trying to know what step 10 is when I'm actually at step one. I see that so much. People are really trying to figure out what step 10 is and get to the answer that may be a few years away, sometimes even a decade away. And please also remember that you have more time than sometimes we think we do. I was coaching someone recently who's 31 and is just feeling all this pressure to get married and have a baby. So I said to her, what if I told you that at 38, just seven years from now, you are going to be married to the man of your dreams and you had given birth to your first child. Could you chill out? Could you take from 31 to say 35 to work on you, to do the traveling you want to do, to deal with a lot of the unresolved issues that you haven't dealt with yet? 
What if you could just get off this? I have to get married. I have to get a baby. The clock is ticking. Take that pressure off and focus on you. Please don't try to be at step 10 when you're really at step one, two, or three. The second thing that impacts whether or not we have clarity about decisions is if we're too impacted by what other people think or society's expectations. I've coached a lot of people who are trying to get to a certain decision about something and they can't because what they want is at odds with what other people want from them or what they think they quote unquote should do. So you've got to turn down the volume on other people's opinions and disconnect from external expectations and attune to your own inner wisdom so you can hear your own inner voice. That is how you get clarity. Third thing is issues from our past. You heard in my coaching with Jenny that some of her indecision and some of her reluctance to have children could be from her own relationship with her mother. It wasn't that great. And so maybe at some point she said, you know what, I'm never going to do this. And so part of her work is going back and looking at the limiting beliefs and maybe promises she made herself back then, mother herself, and then she'll be more clear about how she truly feels about being a mother. And the last thing that impacts our clarity is holding a choice as an either or. When we feel like we have to sacrifice something, give up something to get something else, we often will stay in limbo. For example, the whole, I can't have it all. You know, I I can either have kids or I can have a big career. I can either do this or do that. So notice what you're holding as an either or and remind yourself that it can be an and. Next, I want to talk about form versus essence. Kind of back to what I was saying regarding, do you really want a baby? The baby is the form. The essence is everything that you think that baby is going to make you feel. So if you're craving to be a parent, what is it that you want to feel? And how can you start to bring that into your life now? Conscious parenting starts with being a parent to yourself first. The more you trust yourself to mother yourself or father yourself in a loving way, the better mother you will be. And forgive any misunderstandings you bought into as a child about what being a parent means. I've said many times on this show, as adults, we have the opportunity to reparent ourselves. So some takeaways for you. Look at what's impacting your choices of those four things I outlined. Are you too far ahead of yourself? Are you too impacted by what other people think or societal expectations? Are there issues from your past that are clouding your judgment? Or are you holding the choice as an either or? Maybe it's a couple of those. Clear that out and you'll get more clarity. Second, if you're longing to be a parent, look at the ways you can do that right now. You don't have to have your own child to parent. And make new agreements with yourself, but make sure they're not too intimidating. Like in Jenny's case, she made the agreement that she was going to be authentic in all aspects of her life. Well, if her definition of authentic is being raw and real and vulnerable in all aspects of her life, that can feel pretty intimidating. I don't know about you, but there's some people out there I don't want to be totally raw with. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not me, but I create agreements that I know I can really keep and that makes sense to me both logically and emotionally. 
So I hope this was helpful to you. And I'm always curious to hear from you. Are there choices that you're struggling with? Are there things you're lacking clarity about? You can comment on the podcast page, christinehasler.com slash podcast on this particular episode, or put a post to my Instagram page or Facebook me, lots of ways to connect. And also don't forget about my course, last reminder, christinehasler.com slash mastery. And I forgot to mention, it's a money back guarantee. Like if you're not happy with the course and you've participated, we will give you your money back because that's how much I believe in it. One more time, christinehasler.com slash mastery. And if you're hearing this podcast after the card has closed and you're a yes, and you really want to do it, email jill at christinehasler.com and we'll figure something out with you. All right, everybody sending you so much love and many blessings until next week. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.